You're about to listen to the Healthy Church Growth Show with me, Madge Abasaki, minister, author, and visionary of growthechurchnow.com. I'm also known as the Healthy Church Growth Advocate. My guests on this show are fellow ministers, church leaders, and experts in their field. We'll share practical tips to address challenges and provide solutions for the church at large every Monday. Enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Healthy Church Growth Show podcast. Now, thank you so much to all of you who have been listening and supporting this podcast with your encouraging messages. It would be great if you could leave some feedback on whatever podcast platform you listen to this podcast on. So whether that's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or even Spotify, if you could leave some feedback, then you will help others to discover it too. Now, someone asked me why we included the word healthy in our podcast title. Well, as some of you know, I'm a keen gardener and I know that plants don't do very well unless they have a balance of nutrients, light and water. If one of those elements are missing, the plant might contract a disease, not grow or even die. In parallel, one of the signs of healthy local church growth is its impact evident through the development of a congregation and the community around it, despite all the disruption, especially in 2020. One example of healthy local church growth is the Higher Place UK. I spoke to the senior pastor, would you believe, in episode five, which was some seven months ago. And I've been keen to revisit to see what lessons they've learned and what progress they've made. Now, I've been privileged to play a small part earlier this year as a church consultant to carry out a strategic review for the Higher Place UK. So I was really excited to find out how they've managed to grow exponentially since this pandemic started. In this episode, Pastor Paul and his wife, Pastor Debbie, will share their journey and what they've learned. They'll also share some advice, tips and information for fellow pastors. So enjoy this show. And as usual, let me know what you thought. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Church Growth Show. And today I have my second couple only since I started this podcast. And that's Pastor Paul and Pastor Debbie Ilo. Uh, how are you? We're well. Yeah. We're fine. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. I am so, so happy to speak to you both. And um, I feel like I'm a proud sister because I have watched your journey from the beginning of 2020 and we have had the most difficult year ever that I can remember in my lifetime. And you seem to have navigated that so well uh, by God's grace. So we're going to talk about your journey, adjusting to the new norm as it's popularly called at the moment. 
And we're going to revisit you because first of all, I need to congratulate you because you just celebrated uh, in the last few months, four years of ministry. How's that been for you? Oh, yes, it's been um, amazing. I think it's it's been a season to reflect, to look back and look forward. So we are thankful to God for all that he's done through us over the years. And we're looking forward to the future. Yeah, you make it sound so simple. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about it, Pastor Debbie? I think it's been an amazing journey. We've learned a lot. Um, and, you know, I, I think we can only go up from, from here. So it's something that we are excited to look towards the future for. And, yeah, it's been, it's been a good journey. It's unusual for somebody to say they're excited about this, um, what has been quite stressful and traumatic for many uh, leaders in in ministry and the church as well. So we're going to find out why um, you've been so excited. Now, I'm just going to timestamp this because we're in October, the middle of October now. I know that uh, you have been back in your assembly about five Five weeks, am I right? Yeah, so we've done four weeks now. Um, four weeks, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Four. Can I ask you very pointedly, what percentage of your congregation has actually returned to the physical space? I think we're looking at this last week. I think it's between 40 to 45 percent mm. now. I thought it was like 50 percent, but my leadership <laughs> team corrected me that it's uh, 40 to 45 percent of people have come into the building now yeah. uh, in terms of our membership before the lockdown. So it's 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 slightly over average. Um, I know that there has been some research by Barna and they estimate between 30 and 50 percent will go back into the physical space. So if you've got 40, 45 percent, that's kind of expected. Yeah. So can I ask you, um, are you allowing people to just turn up at the church or or the the building that you use, or do they have to book in? What are the procedures? Right. So we have uh, a booking system. We 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 encourage people to register online before coming into the venue, and of course, in the building itself, we have other safety protocols. There is now this uh, test and trace uh, system that the government has put in place. So. People are also encouraged to check in uh, when they come in to the building. Uh, so, yeah, they register before they come. When they arrive, they check in, and uh, we are able to track the number of people in the in the building or number of people that we're expecting in, in every service so we can uh, prepare for them and all that. But, but when they come in, of course, as they're coming in, they use the hand sanitizers by the door. Uh, they 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 wear masks. They, we encourage we encourage people to to bring their masks, and if, of course, if they don't have their mask, we have masks by the door as well. Um, oh, great! Yeah, so the host team helps them, and then they walk in to sit. And of course, all the seats are socially distanced uh, seats, and uh, of course, people wear masks all through the service. And uh, I think the only person who doesn't wear masks is, of course, the person speaking. Uh, maybe leading the worship or, or preaching. So you, yeah. you, you're excluded from wearing masks at that point when you're doing that. Uh, other, otherwise, everybody else wears masks and people keep to their distance. People do elbow bumps as a way of saying hello. All <laughs> 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 the traditional touch your neighbor. <laughs> <It's gone>. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. But I think our people have been very cooperative. I think generally people in this season know what this is all about and why we are doing this. It's not like we just want to put people under some box or rules. 
this is all about keeping people safe. And if the building wouldn't be safe, we wouldn't open it up for anybody to come in. It's been good. It's been good in terms of uh, getting people on board and getting people to cooperate yeah. uh, with what we what we are doing at this time. So tell me more about the venue, um, not the actual venue, but how have you had to work with them to make sure that they're holding up their end of the bargain? Right. So before, before we uh, opened up this for in-person services, we had some meetings with them with because we're renting a space. We don't have a, a home venue, uh, a home building, so to speak. So we had some meetings with our host venue and uh, we did some risk assessments. Uh, we talked about the practicality of keeping the building safe and in terms of them having people on site to support us. Um, so we, we did some risk assessments and just looked at all the possible risks associated with having people in the room, um, ranging from maybe somebody coming in from abroad at that point or just deciding to walk in. Uh, how do you how do you navigate that? So we had um, like a kind of action plan in place for every possible risks. And um, so we've just kind of navigated through those risks and provided solutions, possible solutions to all the risks that would, would come across. And of course, the building, the venue has also been very supportive in terms of uh, getting people on site to help us set up, sanitize. Uh, to sanitize the, the building, all the service and after the service, keeping the old place clean, making sure that we have all the safety equipment that we need. I think, yeah, they've been very, very supportive in helping us to navigate this time and also letting us, uh, letting us know the policy of the venue in terms of uh, safety protocols that they are also subscribing to generally. So it's been a good partnership for us. We, we've got that going on. And I think I understand many uh, people don't don't have that, but there are also people who have their own building. So they've got to look into risk assessment and how they can make that building safe. Or for us, it's a partnership with uh, our venue. Things done at this time. Yeah. Fantastic. So that's the physical space. Obviously, I have been watching you because we worked together earlier just before the pandemic, and I've been watching what you've been doing and the progress has been stunning. And I have noticed that people have engaged with you online through your YouTube channel, Facebook, etc. What's happened to those people and how are you keeping them engaged? Right. So, uh, before the lockdown, I'm sorry. Before the before we went back into in-person services, we mm. to get gain an understanding of what people were thinking uh, regarding going back to a meeting in person and all that. And we put out some questionnaire to the people watching online, members and all that. And I think the general reaction was like people wanted to meet. <laughs> people wanted to they wanted to go back into some sort of in-person services. And I think this is where many churches are today. Really, people are beginning to meet. Uh, in one way or the other, maybe it's home churches or going back into public Sunday meetings and the like. We just wanted to get an, an idea of what was happening amongst our community and we didn't want to leave anybody out. So, of course, before the lockdown, we had a membership base for one of the opportunities from the whole lockdown thing is that we gained a lot of followers online, a lot of people following, uh, even giving and serving uh, in the community. So we put out a questionnaire and, of course, many people responded and I'm happy to to even see that even now, many of the people, some of the people who joined the church during the lockdown phase are serving in the church. They are coming into the church. They are inviting people into the church. Uh, in terms Fantastic. Of, so that's been a, a major win um, at this time. So I think we've just tried to engage people continually by having online services. Uh, I think that is where the church is going to be for a long time, online, hybrid, in-person, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, o- online. So we've carried on broadcasting online 
we've increased um, even the platforms that we do we do this broadcast. So we are not just doing it to YouTube; we are doing it to a few Facebook pages as well. We have uh, devotionals going on weekly uh, during the long. We're doing this every day, uh, but we wanted to maintain a, a stable pace. So we do it weekly. We have so many co- so many contents going on uh, on our social media pages. We have new letters going out to people, and uh, we try to just engage people. I think engagement is the new uh, is the new church attendance now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to engage people uh, in many places, and of course, we have our live groups as well. So we're encouraging all the people joining to join a live group. We have different live groups that we can channel people to. Yeah. Uh, so that's been ways of engaging people uh, at this time. I think, Debbie, yeah. you want to... I mean, not, not just that, just um, with the whole doing it online, we've really tried to make sure that we, we're doing it well and doing it to a standard um, that hasn't dropped or, ha- or that hasn't diminished in any way. Um, you know, as, as my husband was saying, we're doing a hybrid model now. So we do understand that it's not just about those who are in the physical building, but those who are also viewing and just making sure that we're keeping to that, to that standard in order to keep them engaged and not um, falling away. Yeah. And I think also not uh, treating the people who come into the building better in court, better than the people are online. I think mm. people have um, People have reasons, so people have genuine reasons for still being online at this time. Whether it's health issues, whether it's uh, concern in one way, whether they are abroad or or, or anything, I think uh, the the field is, has been open wide for yeah. ministry at this time. So we, I don't think we people should just cater to the people in the building. I think there are people out there. There is a wide net that has been opened up for evangelism at this time, and I think we are just trying to to improve on all the things we've been able to learn during this ways that we can reach out to, to more people outside of uh, the, the building um, at, at this time. You're, you're, you're so right because um, we have been so building-centric for many decades as, as a body, you know, um, we go to church and I think you already know that I'm not keen on that phrase. Um, because we are the church. But if people are focused on a building and it happens to be in London and they're in New York, how do they get to that building? So the online experience has been become even more important. And I know sometimes people are nervous about online because it's technology. They don't understand it, but there's so much help out there for that. So thanks for that. Now, you're a couple. (laughs) and um, not many couples, frankly, can work together, whether that's in business, in ministry, or uh, the church. So what's your secret? (laughs) What's a secret, Debbie? (laughs) (laughs) I notice you've passed that over to your wife. (laughs) I I don't think there's any secret to it. I think we've just kind of, we know where our boundaries are. We know um, what what our, our different giftings are. So he does what he's best at and I do what I'm best at. And I think we kind of just um, allow ourselves um, to be who we are. And as well, I, he's he's an enjoyable person to work with. So they... Oh, oh my gosh, that's made my heart melt. It's not that difficult. Um, but yeah, we, we just try and... We just try to make it work as, as best as we can, don't we? 
Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think we have this philosophy that it's a partnership. We are not in competition with each other. We mm. are partners. We are partners in progress, and uh, so we've just found a way to work together, love on people together, and just enjoy the the process together. Um, do life together, of course, with our children involved in within ministry, yeah. and just wow. carry each other along and work as a team to the glory of God. So I think that's a, that's been our philosophy, really. I know we have, um, we being my husband and I, have uh, uh, people that we can speak to uh, who mentor us. And as a couple, do you have similar? Oh, yes. I mean, my, firstly, my dad uh, was a strong mentor of our. Oh, wonderful. He's a, he's a pastor himself and, of course, learned a lot from him growing up. So, yeah, we, we, we speak, to, speak to him a lot. And yeah. we, go, we also have a pastor here. Uh, we, we, we were actually with him yesterday. And uh, we have a few friends in ministry. We don't. I think we don't, if you want to, if somebody wants to last in ministry, you can't go the road alone. Um, no. Have a network of friends uh, who stand by us and we support each other. So that's very fantastic. Cool. Yeah. So I, I want to look at your team because you've got a core team, and I've noticed you've really moved on eons. You know, I've looked at the website, and you definitely got a core team and um i was just wondering because of the social distancing you can't physically meet how are you able to communicate and develop your team what what sort of things are you doing so i mean normally we have um, a monthly so we have like a core team and then we have like volunteers uh pre-pandemic mm. we used to have a, a, a bi-monthly meeting with the our volunteers and a monthly meeting uh, with the leaders so yeah. we've uh, kept that going and we so if we have a, a, a boot camp a ministry boot camp next weekend uh for our leaders and volunteers so it's uh i think everything has moved online i would just try to use that online medium to stay together to stay connected like even during the lockdown we used to have um, a pre-service meeting for the team like just like a team huddle uh come together and get ready for the service, pray together, just encourage each other briefly before the service. So we've, we've tried to find ways to keep in touch, to train. Uh, but most of these things have been happen- happening online at this time um, because of all the uh, limitations and all that. But I think it's been very good. It's, help- it's, been, it's been helpful for people, uh, people with children, of course, you know. So it's been, it's, been, it's been good. I think I want to just challenge people to begin to rethink all these models of um, in-person yeah. because there are a lot of opportunities online. It's it's easier for people. It's uh, you, just, you don't have to travel to go, to go into a meeting. You can just click a button. You're in mm. a leadership meeting and you can also make it engaging maybe with PowerPoint slides or getting them engaged, questions, questions and all those kind of, those kind of things. So we've, we've tried to just uh, make it work. I mean, in the marketplace, people have online meetings. People are working from home. So... Mm. And they still make contributions. So we've just Definitely. to use that same principle for the kingdom. And we've tried to stay stay connected together. I have to say the two of you are making it sound very easy, but um, I, I, I know that it can't have been. What sort of challenges have you faced so far? I think uh, I was actually thinking through this because I was um, looking, reflecting over the past few months. And of course, Debbie can add to this. Um, but there have been the kind of there's been the personal side of not being able to see many people uh, or see people, especially during the lockdown where I was just preaching. We were preaching to the screen, <laughs> trying to be funny. <laughs> to <your friends. laughs> and, uh, so there was there was that this, there was that uh, mindset mindset shift. I would call it 
of trying to just, you know, something that you've been used to over the years, trying to readjust to the new phase. But uh, thankfully, we navigated that. But I think mostly now, the, the major challenges I'm seeing are like threefold challenges. Um, the first one is uh, looking at the faith journeys of people. I think there are people who basically have just taken this season as a season to go deeper in God. Those guys have been easy to work with. Uh, they just carried, they've just carried on from where they were pre-pandemic, going down in God, growing in faith and all that. But then there's also this second category of people who were very strong in the faith before, uh, but in this season, their faith is shaking and they seem to be backsliding, so to, so, so to speak. And that really what do you mean by that? Because not every tradition understands that uh, term, backsliding. Yeah, backsliding is just like maybe departing away from the faith, um, mm. God, uh, and, and all those kind of things. And they were maybe they were not in that in that particular fold before, but for some reason during the during, during the pandemic, their faith seems to be shaking at this point. And of course, there are a few people like that. Really, honestly, that. I've experienced and uh, heard their stories in this time. So that is uh, that is one side of the challenge. And of course, there are also uh, new people who are coming into the faith, giving their lives to Jesus in this season. We ha- we had some baptisms yesterday. And, uh, oh, did you? Where was that? Uh, we we used a friend, a friend of if, if my pastor's church actually. Some of our some of our people came around and we baptized. Wow. Who made even even made decisions during the lockdown phase for Jesus. Yeah. So wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So with all this now, there there's a way there's a thinking around how do you how do you reach out to these three groups of people? How do you um, encourage the people who are who are strong in the faith and continue to build upon that? How do you encourage the people who are uh, shaking in their faith? And how do you disciple even new people that have just given their lives to Jesus in the middle of this whole chaos and even online? Because sometimes online can be very uh, it can be different in terms of the approach. For you to be able to disciple people, but so challenge challenge wise, that's been something to think through, pray about um, at this point. I think the other side of things is maybe the financial financial challenge, mm. isn't it? I think people are facing this a lot at this time in terms of resources. People have real challenges at this time in terms of their income, and uh, realistically, that's that's also affected uh, church finances globally. So mm. that is. Also- and how have you got over that? What have you been doing? So, so I have seen a few projects. Yes. So we just try to to think outside the box. And traditionally, people or church leaders depend on the, the members for the funding. And of course, we want to encourage our communities to be faithful stewards. What what, what happens when the when the stewards are they don't have a job or something? How do you support them through that phase as well? So um, we've uh, tried to look outward into some bodies to apply for funding. We've tried. Yeah raise uh, funds within a group, a network, even from, church, from some of the church members who are, who are, who are, who are okay at this time, but raising kingdom partners. Yes. Uh, um, I think it's been, it's been amazing to see responses fr- from these platforms and even having new people uh, partner with us at, at this time. So I think it's good to think outside the box and not just, uh, be, uh, not just limit where the source or where the fund will come from. Just trust God for, um, an open door and take practical and uh, active steps. So a wide range of challenges at this time, and I think uh, if you if you if if you look through it, you see that it's really a challenging time for pastors. And we don't want to sound as if uh, everything is perfect 
Uh, I think there are challenges, but there are also opportunities. That's the best way to put it. Totally, totally. And that's why when you mentioned um, accessing not only as a couple, but as a pastor, as a leader, uh, mentoring is incredibly important. And a lot of people maybe underestimate that. But I have noticed that you have started a community outreach program. So you'd actually had a partnership with a food bank. But from my understanding, you started one and also mental health counselling as well, in partnership with the government and the National Lottery Fund. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so I think uh, at, at the higher place, we've always, uh, we've always, ca- we've always uh, mentioned that we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. And in fact, we are doing a series Amen. of uh, hands and feet at the moment. Mm. And uh, we want to just put um, actions to these things. We, ju- we don't want to just say things. We want to do mm. things um, mm. in line with what God has uh, commanded us. So... We've just basically been looking for opportunities of how to reach out to people at this time. Even even during the lockdown, we've done a lot of projects, uh, trying to just uh, be there, uh, not 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 to show off, but to let people know that uh, there are a group of people who still care about their well-being. We care about mm-hmm. their spiritual lives, but we also mm-hmm. care about their physical lives, mm-hmm. uh, physical needs. So we we had a meeting. Um, when I say we, I mean the leadership team of the church. And we thought about how we could uh, actually affect needs, affect people at this time um, that this is going on. And of course, we want to be there for people. We want to support people. So we've done a lot of projects abroad. Um, but I think now with the with the way the things are going here in the UK, with the winter approaching and all that, we looked at some of the projects that we could do to meet physical needs in our community here. And we came up with uh, two, two projects, like the food bank, like you mentioned, and uh, the mental health uh, counseling project. And we basically just applied to some of the streams out there. I think uh, I think you did uh, an episode on funding, applying for funding. Oh, I did. Uh, it was a mega, mega two. Uh, well, there was so much information. It ended up as two. Amazing. So I think uh, what, what we found is that there are a few organizations, there are some organizations out there who are looking to partner with even faith-based organizations at this time to yeah. be to execute projects. So we approached one one of them and we got some funding and uh, we said, wow, that's amazing. So we uh, we, we decided to start a project uh, to serve people at this time. So, but beyond that though, our church has always been a place where we, we, we actively reach out to our local community even before the pandemic. But I think it's just uh, great to see that in this, in this season, we are getting an external body reward us or support us to to even do that more on a, on a bigger scale oh congratulations i mean i i one of my dreams is that you know the church will uh be a lot more visible within its communities mm. wherever those communities happen to be and the church could be a social change agent yes. um i i really see this season as quite a big opportunity not a threat I know that people have lost loved ones. I personally know people who have been directly affected by the pandemic and have actually lost uh, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters. But I also see where, as the church, we can be that, as I said, social change agent. So I'm so happy to hear um, your progress. Now, we spoke on episode five and we're now episode 26 and wow i mean we can't believe that you know 
it's literally within a sort of a six month period, you've done all these things. So what's next on the agenda? Do we know? Oh, yeah, I think um, uh, it's it's the hybrid model of, of ministry going forward. Um, I think I have this word enablers. I call the people who come into the building at this point, just enablers. Just yes, yes. To gain momentum, to push the gospel out. And I'm really trying to, we're really trying to go back to the basics. Because I think for, for a long time, many, many of us have been distracted by so many things. And I think this, this season has been a season for me to really navigate and rethink models of ministry, rethink why we are doing what we are doing, and um, just try to major on the major things, try to do what God has called us to do, really. And uh, at this time, if you, we've got to rethink that, rethink programs, re- rethink projects. Why is it that we do what we do? And I think this is uh, what God is... Uh, Calling us to, I think there's a shaking. There's a, there's a spiritually, there's a shaking in the church, not just mm. globally. But I think uh, at the end of the coronavirus pandemic, it is only what is deeply rooted, uh, what is on the agenda of God that will, be, that will, still, that will still be standing. Yeah. I think there are so <clears throat> many opportunities inside this season, and even on the other side of coronavirus, I think there's a revival. I see a revival coming. Um, but so in this time, we've just been trying to prepare the church. I think there's still a remnant that God wants to raise to to bring revival into communities, into cities. And so in this season, we're trying to focus our church on preparing for that, um, actively discipling our church. Uh, I think um, the it, this season is going to really birth newness, new wine. Uh, Amen. So even everything we're doing in this season is basically trying to prepare the church for that, from messages, from prayer meetings, we've got weekly prayer meetings online, uh, from live groups, from all these projects that we are doing out there. It's basically about uh, building a a newness in the people of God to get ready for what is to come. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, from now on, we're just, uh, just, uh, just serving, just uh, just focusing on the, on the major things and uh, loving on people. Amen yeah. to that. So I want to hear from both of you now, what one idea, what one piece of advice would you have for church leaders who are still struggling in this season? Uh, you want to go first? <laughs> um, for me, I would say in this season, we just need to stay focused. I think the tendency can be to look at the things that are happening around, um, you know, where we've mentioned that people are are, are used to um, being in, inside of a church building and not really, you know, not used to having this new way or this new model of working is that we need to keep our eyes focused on on what's important. It's not about having a crowd in the building. It's about mm. now yeah. to the many lives that, that that's out there. You don't know how you know, God's going to work this out. You don't know who's who's going to be on the other side of 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 the YouTube that you're presenting. You know, yeah. uh, and when I when I think about this whole situation, the first thing that comes into my mind is um, Elijah on on the Mount Carmel when he was saying, "Oh Lord, there's there's no one left. It's only I. I'm I'm the only one that's left." And mm. and God reminds him, "I've I've preserved a remnant." You know, so I mm-hmm. do think that there are. You know there are there are people that God has preserved. There are people who who are going to be those enablers. There are people who are going to, um, you know, ca- help to carry out the mission. So long as we keep our eyes focused on what's important, 
And what is, is is making sure that the gospel of, of Jesus is known. Um, so we just need to, to keep our eyes focused. Fabulous. And what about you, Pastor Paul? I think uh, this morning I went on a walk and I was just praying about um, the day, praying about the week. And there was this uh, verse came to my mind and it was basically the verse where I think Second Kings 6, where uh, Elisha was telling his servant um, that he shouldn't be afraid. You know, when the king of Haram sent his uh, soldiers to come and arrest uh, Elisha, and he was just saying, don't be afraid. Uh, saying to the seven, don't be afraid that those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And um, he was just praying that God should open the eyes of the servants. So I think uh, if, if, if I'm to say something to the church leaders listening, I would just encourage you, don't be afraid. Uh, God has called us for such a time as this. Um, this virus, this season that we are facing right now, is not is not uh, it's not strange to God. Is God God sees everything is still on the throne, and uh, we just need to continue to open our hearts to Him. Let's uh, seek God for direction for what He wants us to do at this time. But let let let's also seek partnership with other other bodies and open our hearts to practical ways of of doing things at, at this season. Uh, if we need to learn something. Let's learn it. If we need to ask questions, let's ask it. I think we should also not um, uh, overemphasize the importance of having a, a network of people, of pastors, that we can talk together, share together. Uh, it helps. It helps a lot in times like this, and that is uh, one thing you gain from this kind of, broad, of podcasts. Uh, just, I also want to just commend commend you for uh, Minister Baseki for doing this over the over the months. It's um, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you have stories to tell. Well, thank you for for serving the the church with this uh, beautiful uh, program. Thank you. It's just important the subjects that are coming up. Interestingly, we're talking about adjusting in a way, adjusting to the new norm, aren't we? And um, I, I started off that conversation in episode twenty five last week, mm. um, and I would add to what you've already eloquently say said. You know, we do need to keep our minds open. Um, like an umbrella, make sure that we're open to things and don't shut down because of our traditions yeah. or the way we thought um, in the past, because it's probably not going to work now. Um, so I really appreciate the two of you. I am stunned at uh, the progress and I know that you're so enabled as you've enabled others, you are being so enabled as well. And I am just really excited to see, you know, let's have a conversation in a year's time and see where you are there, because this has uh, been fantastic to to see and watch and and support as well and uh i'm i don't underestimate people's time i want to say thank you so much to both of you for coming on it's been such a pleasure and honor Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much for your consistency. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you gained some insights. If you did, please share the show link with other leaders. And don't forget, every Monday, we'll release another episode of the Healthy Church Growth Show.